0: Welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. How are you today, Melissa? Good. I can't believe
1: second week of January already, Mm -hmm. but I'm feeling good. I feel really good about this year. I – yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe from all the books that we've been reading (laughs) this year, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's been training my brain to put me in a good, more optimistic
0: perspective for the new year. So, yeah. What about you? Likewise. I feel like the brain training is definitely – I'm feeling that neuroplasticity of like I'm here, positive energy, really excited about everything that's going on and – you know, just grateful to be alive and have a year ahead to make moves and keep things shaking. <laughs> and keep things shaken. Got a little shake. <laughs> um, and our last week, we mentioned that even though our last episode was the first episode of the new year, mm-hmm. that this episode is actually the first one that we are recording in 2024. And we mentioned that we would give you guys... A quick snapshot of our word of the year and what we separately as individuals um, to kind of, you know, get a sense of what we're thinking about for 2024. So Melissa, do you want to share your word of the year?
1: Yeah, let's do it. I do have a little bit of a backstory, just giving some context. Love a good story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So long story short, I was traveling with my family in California and i was like okay i have this week to figure out what my word of the year is and i just kept struggling i kept coming up with a word like hitting a dead end i'm like it's not vast enough it it, it it's i don't feel like that's the vibe i'm going for until um eric mentioned something about a electronic health system i know this is like so like what are you where are you getting at and i'm, I'm along for
0: the ride along though. for the ride
1: there's <laughs> this electronic health system called epic And basically it's the system used in hospitals to um, record information about patients and you have to be trained in it. So not all hospitals use Epic, blah, 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 blah. And so we just started about, we started talking about Epic. I was like, oh, you know, I I only know a little bit about Epic, but I know a, a good amount about their CEO and her name is Judy Faulkner. And so I start Googling about Judy Faulkner. I learned she's like, worth $7.7 billion. But she signed something called the Giving Pledge in 2015. So it means to eventually give 99% of her assets to a private charitable foundation. going to get to my word in a second. And so, of course, like I'm on my phone, I'm Googling, and I'm reading about her. And then she has this like an about section. And so she starts talking about like her history. And she said, Many years ago, I asked my young children what two things they needed from their parents. They said food and money. I told them roots and wings. And as soon as I read it, I was just like, those are my words, roots and wings. So for 2024, anything that makes me continue to feel rooted but also sets me free is what I'm centering everything around for 2024 are things that give me roots and things that give me wings. And in that moment, I just realized like, I think the universe actually spoke to me on this one because how the heck did I get from epic healthcare systems to my word of the year, to roots and wings? And I kept like, I kept pressure testing it. Like the rest of the week, I was in California. I was like, Mm, I really want to work on like my health is that related to roots and wings absolutely keeping me you know if the more I take care of my body the more I take care of myself the more free I will feel and not feeling stuck you know and like so I just kept pressure testing Mm -hmm. it and I'm like there's like this personal project I'm really looking forward to working on this year where I get to speak to some of my family members and I'm trying to make this whole like cookbook and I'm like oh that does work because I'm getting to know my roots and I'm like, okay, this is perfect. So very long (laughs) story, but I feel like, yeah, it just was meant to be this year. So I cheated. It's two words, but they're kind of connected.
0: It's your, it's your year. You can have (laughs) as many words as you like. And I, I love your story from electronic health systems to something so poetic. My word of the year does not have a journey and s- <laughs> odyssey story <laughs> like Melissa's done. I'm just trying to go above and beyond, Renee. <laughs> and I, I love that. I, that's the energy that we love. Um, so my word of the year is follow through. Mm. And I think I actually wrote down a bunch of words and I just kept coming back to that one because I am really good at starting things and I have a lot of things that I am starting this year and projects like you that I want to kick off. But my issue is that I just get so excited in the honeymoon phase and then a couple months go by, I lose interest and I'm like on to the next thing. And I don't necessarily give things enough time to really lay that foundation Um, and the consistency and the discipline to just follow through with something before we make a decision on, is this working? Is it not working? So this year, I just want to focus on follow through and like doing what I say I'm going to do, sticking with it, even when it stops being so shiny and new, and just really, really giving myself or giving these ideas a real shot before we call it and say it worked or it didn't work. Ah. So that's that's my year.
1: I Followed like through. it. Oh, we both have two words. It's supposed to be phrase of the year. Um, And it also yeah. just makes me, in the best way possible, think of Gavin DeGraw.
0: You have to follow through.
1: <laughs> you know that's.
0: I don't. You and do. I don't even want to hear it now because I love your version <laughs> <I> of <love> it. <laughs> you have to follow. <laughs> I only know his One Tree Hill – uh, theme song. Oh, I'm, I'm trying sure other songs, but that's the one I know the most. I
1: really set myself up for these because I'm like singing Gavin DeGraw, singing John Mayer, singing Hilary Duff. Well, um, do you have a
0: tattoo of Gavin DeGraw? That's I have zero tattoos,
1: channel. but I don't know. 2024, <laughs> <laughs> totally, we'd be down to get one. We're 12. Um, okay, I'll link this. I'll link the song in the show notes. I think when you listen to it and not hear it from me, um, you'll recognize it. You'll recognize it.
0: I'll check it. I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I like my word. My word is a verb, which is kind of like the theme of the year. Yes, um, and it's it's actually the theme also of our topic today. So we are doing our first book club of the year. It's one of it's the book club episodes were some of my favorite that we did last year, just because it helped me read books that I probably wouldn't have gotten around to, and yeah. <laughs> learned a ton. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> so for our first book club of twenty twenty. We are reading The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins, some of you may know her or you've seen her face. She has given some viral TED Talks. She has tons of inspirational videos and TikToks and Reels on social media. She's a motivational speaker. She used to have a syndicated talk show. She is really helping people change their lives five seconds at a time. Um, this book is a huge international bestseller, and we just liked the idea of kicking off the year with How to Change Your Life, five seconds at a time, and starting with Mel's book. So, Melissa, I guess I'll open it up and just say, do you have any initial feelings about mm-hmm. the book? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've followed her not, like, a lot, but I started following her and I think it's because you followed her from our Instagram. And so that's when she like she came up in my space and everything like that. And uh, so I didn't know like a ton about her and about the five second rule. And so I was kind of coming in it with like fresh eyes, fresh perspective. And overall, I just – it's it's very much – I relate it to everything is figureoutable where it's just like so quick, such like a, a – um. Something that you can remember, something that you can like put into action. But I even think the five second rule you can put into action even more immediately than some of these other like mantras or things that we hear, and even some of the notes in Atomic Habits. And I think that's one of the positive, like one of the more positive things. Although there's a lot of positive things about this book, but I think that was like the number one positive like takeaway I've gotten from this is how immediate. After you learn about what the five second rule is, how immediate you are able to use it right then and there and for multiple things. And so I loved how it's like action oriented. I think she mentions it's a bias towards action and it does some like things to trick your brain into just keep moving forward. And then therefore you're less likely to procrastinate on something or you're less likely to back out of it because you are overthinking it um and so I I do think that everyone could take something away from adapting this five second rule and use it as they see fit for certain situations as big or small um so that's my overall like big feedback
0: takeaway but what about you Likewise, um, I'll share a definition of the five-second rule from the book just for context for anyone who's not familiar. In the book, Mel writes, we're on first name basis, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) there's a five-second moment of hesitation that defines your life. It's a moment when you start thinking about what you need to do instead of doing what you need to do. And if you think about what you need to do for more than five seconds, you'll never do it. And I think... That sentence or that statement holds a lot of truth. We all know what it feels like to get in our heads about something, whether it's related to your professional life, your personal life, your interpersonal relationships, health goals, other, you know, interests in your life. And like you just start thinking too much about the how and you don't get around to actually doing it. And so, I like you, I appreciate that it's very action focused. I appreciate that it while it's backed by science and how it works, the process itself is super simple. When you have an idea of something you want to do, you simply count backwards. It doesn't work if you count forwards. You count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and then you do it. And this system she discovered when she was just trying to do something as simple as waking up earlier in the mornings. She wanted to have better control of her mornings and stop hitting the snooze alarm. Um, so once your alarm goes off the first time, you just count 5, 4, three, two, one, and you hop out of bed. And it seems really simple, but throughout the book, she shares so many stories of people who've used this tool to lose over 100 pounds, to manage their anxiety and PTSD responses, to you know, reach out to a colleague about a raise or a a big idea at work to, you know, start the reconciliation process with a family member. I mean, like you said, big or small things can just start catalyzing with just five seconds. And I appreciate breaking it down into these small moments. I think something I've been thinking about a lot is that when we have big dreams or big goals it's like i want to build a house i don't know how to build a house and instead i think i read will smith or someone said this it's like don't think about building a house think about laying a single brick and over time each brick will become a house mm-hmm. versus how do i build this giant thing like y- you change your life 5 seconds at a time and i think that that just feels so achievable. It feels like not so scary and intimidating. And I like that.
1: Yeah. And just think of all the decisions we do have to make throughout the day and how some of those decisions are quick and um, fast and we just move forward with it. You know what I mean? And then some of those decisions we linger on, we overthink, we let it kind of like loom over us. And when I was like reading about this, it just reminds me of that I think we all can agree that we have one of these, just like looming tasks that just take up so much mental space in our head. Um, it could be an email that you don't want to send, an email that you don't want to read. It could be just taking the effort to like text that person back, you know, rescheduling your appointment, and you just keep like pushing it, to just like I'll, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and that task that literally will take you five seconds to do ends up taking five hours of mental space that you had in your head. And so that to me was the light bulb moment of like, wow, five seconds actually does matter. Now I am, I have not quite, (laughs) I am nowhere near successful with not pressing the snooze button. So I haven't tried the five second rule with the snooze button quite yet. I'll get there. Um, but I like that idea though, because there is, I don't know, like I've never counted backwards before and like the science behind counting backwards, like there is a science to it. Um, I think what she mentions is when you count backwards, you mentally shift the gears in your mind. You interrupt your default thinking and do what psychologists call assert control. And so by counting backwards, it actually takes you and distracts you away from those worries. It focuses your attention more on what you need to do. Um, and it, it's like it's a push for you to actually take an action. And then once you have that push, it actually tumbles into, I think, uh, what's that word for it again? Um, energy. Something energy. I, oh, activation energy? Activation energy. Um, and she described that as, oh gosh, here we are talking about science and your favorite topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Scientists, I'm like, oh no, why did I do this to myself? Um, it's okay. So in science, <laughs> it's the minimum amount of energy required to begin a chemical reaction. Who wrote that one down? I did not just like regurgitate that on my own. And so when she's describing activation energy. The initial amount of energy is much higher than the average amount of energy needed to keep the reaction going. AKA, that's why it's so hard for us to do something because that initial energy that we exert is more than it takes to keep the momentum up. The positive of that is once we actually do that action, the rest of those actions that follow are much easier. Just like getting out of bed, no one really wants to. out of bed like it's warm, it's comfortable, it's cozy. Um and that first step of taking those covers off, putting your feet on the ground, it's hard. You're like, especially if you're waking up at 5 a.m. You're like, why the hell am I doing this? But then once you actually get up, turn the bathroom lights on, start washing your face, you're up. And it's so much easier to just keep your just keep on moving and get that daily morning routine going.
0: Yeah, I get that with like going to the gym in the morning, especially Mm. when it's cold out. Yeah, Like the hardest part is just getting out the door. And once I'm in the class, I always deliver higher than I think I'm going to. Like the hardest part really is just making the decision to stick to that appointment Mm -hmm. and not just say, you know what? It's warmer in my bed. I can scroll on my phone. I don't want <laughs> to. Like once I get the once I get that lycra or spandex on, I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the hardest part.
1: Then um, I forgot what book. I feel like we read a book this year or this past year on someone was comparing. Maybe it was in Atomic Habits, and he was talking about how basically once I just like put on my shoes and tied the laces. Like I'm out the door like I'm ready to go walk I'm ready to go run um and I guess it's the yeah. same for you like putting on those gym clothes um or just like I don't know my my morning routine is complete crap right now, but I envision just feeling more freedom in the morning and freedom with my time if I can use that activation energy and mm-hmm. just like huh, follow through with it and get up and then after that, one foot after another, you'll just – your your body will kick in. I don't know. Like, your, your body
0: will yeah, just like do the things it needs to do. Your natural momentum just takes over. Yeah. You just have to, like – it's like if you're – I'm coming – Melissa loves science. Renee loves analogies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when – I'm picturing, like, once you, like, push, like, a ball or, like, push – like a, a boulder like the initial mm-hmm. push is hard but once it starts rolling you can let go and like it'll just do the rest you just have to give it that initial push and I think she actually in the book talks about how a lot of a lot of the she calls it the rule this five second rule a lot of this is built on having the courage to claim the life you want and like having the courage to change your life and you know, big or small ways and that courage and this tool really are a push. Like you need, she keeps seeing that, like you need that push to do things. Otherwise it's easy. Like the way that your brain works is that you are wired to do things the way you've always done them because they are predictable Mm -hmm. and because you know the outcomes and it feels comfortable. And so making any sort of change, whether it's a big change, like moving across the country, you know, overhauling your diet and fitness, or something small, like sending that text message, starting that dating app, like creating an account on that dating app, or, you know, these smaller things, it does require a bit of a push to get you out of your comfort zone. And that that push is what kind of kicks off this chain reaction of change Mm -hmm. that can help you live a totally different life and a better one in in most cases.
1: <laughs> and I loved how she called it everyday courage. And she has some like anecdotes antidote, anecdotes and stories in the book around like when you think of who has courage, who are you who are you thinking about and you think um and but so when we think about courage we're not necessarily thinking about people making 5 second decisions every day and that looking like courage, but it actually is. Like you taking those five seconds and pivoting and and making a different decision than you did the day before, that is courageous. Um, And so I loved, I just loved that terminology of seeking everyday courage and having everyday courage because it makes it seem attainable, which it is. And courage doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, you're (laughs) just like thinking of Something – I'm thinking of like Harry Potter. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, you don't have to be – You don't have to save the school. (laughs) You don't have to save Hogwarts and, (laughs) you know, fight all these dementors when you're 12 years old. Like, that doesn't necessarily have to mean courage. And, like, just like in the movie, it could look more like Neville Longbottom where it's just standing up to your friends. Um, But courage is also just, like, listening to yourself and knowing – you know, I know that this is going to make me feel better if I do this, and having the courage to do that instead.
0: Um, yeah. And like I need more Washing fat. the dishes before you go to bed so that you can wake up with a clean sink <sighs> is an act of courage. It's an act of courage. <laughs> Baby, it's the bravest thing you'll ever do. And the act of <laughs> patience. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and that is something that I, I do appreciate the sort of small tidy up at the end of the night. I say this as I'm surrounded by moving dot boxes in my new apartment. But <laughs> once, once I finish unpacking, it is nice to just, again, courage doesn't have to be these like huge gestures. It can be, take five minutes to like rearrange the living room so that when you wake up, it's like ready to be lived in and not like tidied in the morning. Um, You you mentioned like feelings, and that was Mm -hmm. something that I thought was interesting in the book. She talks about how a lot of the things that hold us back from making change, it's not motivation, it's not um, you know lack of discipline necessarily, it's not a lack of confidence. Like it it really just comes down to feelings, and that feelings are temporary, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and. I thought that was really interesting too. Like She mentioned, and I highlighted this sentence in the book, unless you beat the feelings that trigger your bad habits and you push yourself to get started, you'll never change. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so many times we get hung up on the action of, I need to do this, I need to do that. And this is a very action-oriented book. Like She is giving you these tools so that you can start doing stuff. But before you even tackle the action, it's kind of recognizing that the reason I'm not acting is because I have a feeling in my head that's holding me back. And feelings aren't real. They're temporary. They're not even emotion sometimes. It's just like a vibe. Like, <laughs> oh, I just feel like staying in bed. I just feel like, you know, not applying to that dream job because it seems scary. I just feel like not making the first move with that guy across the bar. And it's like, That's not real. Like all of these things that are holding you back are just made up things in your head. They're just feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's not these big like character or like physiological things that say that Melissa is better than me or this person is just built differently. It's like we're all built the same. Some people are just better at overcoming their feelings than others. But like fundamentally, we all have that capacity. Mm -hmm we just have to like get out of our head. And like this whole book is just like you're spending too much time in your head. You're overthinking. You're in your feelings. and I can relate. (laughs) I can relate so much. Yeah.
1: I think that's like the biggest theme of like how do we get out of our head? What does she say? It's a rule to get out of your head and into action. And not – Not that we're trying to invalidate what people feel, but I think we're giving those feelings too much power. And because she mentions like, you're never going to feel like it. And when you think about it, I mean, that's true. Like, do I feel like working out? Rarely. (laughs) Do I feel like cleaning up my closet and simplifying and moving things around and tidying up? it's not that I feel like it, but it is something that I need to do because I know what the result, like I know the positive result that I'm going to get from doing it. But sure, like if you, if I have a choice between playing a game on my phone and work in doing a Pilates class, like, and I base it solely on feelings, I'd rather play the game, (laughs) of course. But so I, I, Liked how she talked about like learning to untangle what those feelings are from your actions so you don't lose to your feelings. And normally, I think she she shared a story about someone who was figuring out if they wanted to speak up in a meeting and just like share an idea. And I think she was talking about like the feelings of it. Um. Or yeah, and she mentioned it wasn't that she already knew what she needed to do, but the feeling was holding her back. And that feeling of self-doubt is the thing that made her not want to speak up in the first place. And the the five second rule, the countdown helped go from fact or go from feeling and go and from feeling to fact, which is, you know, I'm feeling self-doubt, but I know for a fact that if I speak up, I am leaning into my executive presence, which I know is something that I need to work on to further my career, to further all this stuff. So I think that's like – I liked how do we acknowledge our feelings but also recognize that they are fleeting and that even though we do have feelings of self-doubt, we do have feelings of insecurity, fear, all those things, like to not – Give them the power to follow through on what you actually know you're supposed to do because you have that end goal in mind. Um, And so fact over feeling sometimes, you know what I mean? And I feel that way with like – our not arguments, but there are times when I know I need my feelings heard and I get that and we do that for the people we love. But I think we actually talked about this off the pod where one day, like, sometimes I'm I'm just in a mood where I just need to, like, check shit off. You know what I mean? And it's, like, there's no time to play. Like, I just need to get things done. And so – and sometimes, like, by over-explaining things all the time, that's when you're just, like, overthinking and you don't get it done. And so I've definitely had conversations with Eric. I'm like – look, I want to validate your feelings, but at the end of the day, we just need to get this done. So more fact, less feeling so we can get through this because we know that if we get this done, we can move on from it and and focus on something else. Um, so I'm not saying like, let's invalidate feelings here, but I think we give them too much power sometimes.
0: Yeah, i I completely agree that It is like a fine line of acknowledging your feelings. No one's saying that you shouldn't feel deep emotions. But again, recognizing there's a huge difference between I feel hurt by what you said and this is something we really need to spend time on Mm -hmm. versus I'm not in the mood to clean the bathroom. Like, Like those are feelings of totally different magnitudes. Like I don't need to spend a ton of time In my, I don't feel like cleaning the bathroom feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's just a hesitation. And like she mentions, like the more you hesitate, the more the more you just put things off. And she talks about these things in the book she calls heart-first decisions, which are it's kind of like using the rule without doing the five, four, three, two, one countdown. It's just these decisions you make where you put confidence and courage first and you just let your fears and hesitations go on the back burner and you just jump. And I've found that like, I've made some heart first decisions in my life. And I've usually, I can't actually think of any time where I've regretted making that decision. And it's just, it's a beautiful way to live to not Let hesitation slow you down because I know in my life I can think of things where I think I'm hesitating to for like a really valid reason. I just need to think this through. I need to be practical. And then a year has passed. I mean, (laughs) something that I thought was, oh, I'm just going to hesitate on this. Like, let me sleep on it one night turns into months, turns into I never revisit that idea again. And I never. You know, pick it up, like this hesitation just drags on and on. So for me, I was trying to think of like any heart first decisions I've made. And one of them was actually moving to New York City. I remember I was at home at my parents' home after grad school, just like applying for jobs. And I was like, oh, do I want to go to LA? Do I want to go to New York? Those were sort of the two cities I was looking at. And I, a couple people from my grad program were in New York City. And I was like, let me just try that. I saw a job opening. It was like very finance based in PR. Like it was not aligned with any of the things. I mean, listen, I, I was debating going to New York or going to LA to be a screenwriter. So completely different direction, <laughs> creative, artistic, like, and now I'm like doing PR for some like finance consulting big four consulting companies but i just saw the opportunity i was like i'm gonna apply i'm not gonna think about it and like weigh a bunch of pros and cons just like put the application out there Mm -hmm. i i applied to that job on monday morning took a bus an overnight bus wednesday night to do an in-person interview on thursday and by friday i had a job and a plan to move to new york it was just (laughs) this heart first decision that led me to getting a job within a week I had like a whole new direction and next step and things just sort of unfolded from there. Whereas if I had sat down and said, hmm, how many people do I know in New York? How am I going to figure out all of these steps? Like I would probably still be living at my parents' home or probably not my parents' house, but like living in the town that I grew up in once we moved to America and not going anywhere. But I just said, let me just apply to this job and just see what happens. And it worked out <laughs> like it's been almost a decade and I'm still here. And I've met so many amazing people and yeah, there've been some bumps on the road, but that's life. And and I think it's easy to see that with like big decisions. I'm like, I like, you know, made the first move with this person that I found attractive or I did this, but then there are so many other smaller, but equally important decisions in our life that we just hesitate too much on And it's like good to remember moments when you have kind of moved heart first and you didn't hesitate and you're like, huh, that worked out. So why am I hesitating on going to the gym? Like, why wouldn't that have amazing results? Why am I hesitating on applying for that promotion? Why, you know, why wouldn't that have great results? It's just like good to remember that sometimes, you know?
1: Yeah. And I feel like I'm trying to think of, you know, some of my heart decisions and I definitely feel like it was easier when I was younger. And I don't know, you know, just a different version of me back then who maybe quote had less risk and, you know, but she mentioned, Mel mentions in the book, how quickly self-doubt and fear and how fast they creep into our heads right before any moment. And that is why we hesitate. And I think we've actually talked about this before where are you – do you lean more head? Do you lean more heart? And I've mentioned before in the past um, I lean more, more head. And reading this book, I'm like, oof. I see consequences of that. But I also see moments where I have led with more heart and the positive effects of that as well. And like, you you know, like you mentioned how you just decided to follow your heart and follow your uh, a career in New York and there you still are. I mean, I feel like that with like a few things when I think about it. I'm like, did I make a pro and cons list when I decided to teach English in Spain? I did not. I just did it. I have no other explanation other than I had a feeling that's something I wanted to do. And I applied for the program. I got in and I said, cool, this is what we're doing. Um, and same with just like random things that seem small, but like, you know, when I was maybe it was 19 or 18, I got my first camera. You know, obviously I'm not like a professional photographer right now, but it's still like a creative outlet that opened up some doors for me back in the day and, you know, made me feel more creative. And I definitely wasn't making a pro and cons list of should I buy a camera or not? I just did it. And that feels more like a smaller decision versus moving to a foreign country, moving to New York City, feel like a bigger one. Um, But yeah, just not hesitating when it came to those things, but why we hesitate when it comes to other decisions that may positively or negatively like impact us. Um, So yeah, I, I did like that heart first decision and and thinking about how our brain just like really messes up everything, but it's also supposed to. Like our brain is sort of like our protector <laughs> and it's like, okay, but are you safe? Are you going to be safe if you do this? Okay, that's a risk. It's my job as your brain to mitigate the risk, not put you in harm's way. So, you know, your brain's not bad, but you just – have to understand that the reason your brain is doing this thing is because it's trying to protect you and sometimes you don't need that like our parents sort of do the same thing with us like my you know when I told my parents moving to foreign country they were asking me all the questions that my brain should have been asking me which is are you sure you're gonna make enough money who are you gonna who are you gonna be living with what if you have an accident how how, how can we reach you like all of these very valid
0: questions. Um, but. It's that brick theory though, because I mean, we've talked about this before, but if this is your first podcast episode, you're listening to Melissa lived in Spain for a year, teaching English. Mm-hmm. I moved, well, I guess it was two years ago now in 2022, I moved to South Korea for a couple of months. months. Um, didn't know the language, didn't know anyone either. And I think you're right. If you, Build in your head, how am I going to move to this foreign country and figure it out? Like, your brain is gonna have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. But instead of like tackling this big house, like, it's one five second decision at a time. Let me, in your case, like, let's use you and Spain. You don't have to worry about moving to Spain. You just make the decision Do I wanna apply for this program? Yes, you apply, you get in. Okay. Am I going to be in a safe situation? How do I do this? It's like, all right, when I go look at apartments, do I feel good about this one? Yes or no? Make a decision. And then you just go from there. I think breaking it down into just like one small decision at a time Mm -hmm. will help you get there versus trying to sketch out you know, for me, it was like people were asking me a bunch of questions that same thing. I was like, I just, my gut says this is what I have to do. Don't ask me why. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, I don't have any plans. I was like one step at a time. Let me just book the flight. All right. I booked a flight. Let me just put time on my boss's calendar to like have the conversation about what that means work-wise. Cool. Next step. Let me just book a place to stay cool, let me watch a YouTube video about which apps to download. It's just it's just small, like one dec- five-second decision at a time will get you there. Otherwise, you're trying to make 25,000 decisions at once, and that is going to overwhelm mm-hmm. you, and you won't do anything because that is super scary. It's just one decision at a time versus let me make all decisions at once.
1: And you mentioned this, this was the last episode – of, like, over planning and, like, God laughing at your plans. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I've been there. I've been an overplanner. Um, I don't have a five-year plan anymore, though. Like, that went out the window when I turned 30. I'm like, nope, I don't care anymore. Bye. Um, <laughs> and and I, we'll see what happens, you know baby. <laughs> and I think 2024 is going to be filled with more heart-first decisions. Um, because I I do understand how I can fall into the trap of the overthinker and I mean we're almost trained to so we have to unlearn and untrain our brain Um, because I mean just based on like sometimes the media or like our parents like they, they we are instilled with a lot of fear and that's out of love most of the time, right? Like they, they, people just want you to feel safe and, and not be risky. But as I think we've mentioned before too, on this podcast, like no risk, no magic. Um, And so, yeah, maybe a, a couple, let me throw in a little bit more like adrenaline rushes this year too.
0: I, I love a good adrenaline rush. I, I think no risk, no magic really is the truth. Mm -hmm. And like you, I mean, I've made some pretty big heart first decisions based on my gut, but I am also someone who can get into an overthinking loop. Mm -hmm. And I just have to remind myself, and I think that's probably my last, I guess, thing I'll say about this book is that I think this book is great for anyone who is a chronic overthinker, a chronic procrastinator and Mm -hmm. just hesitate on putting things off and if you're someone who just kind of gets stuck in your head or your feelings too much and you are looking for a way to break that habit loop and try something different I think the five second rule it's so it almost seems too simple but it's hard to argue with like the volume of evidence in this book of how people have been using it in really huge and magical ways so if you're like me and you're like gosh I have some things I want to stop putting off and I just need to like get some things followed through like five second rule like are we doing this or not Mm -hmm. just one decision at a time break it down and let's just get start moving Mm -hmm. like get into action
1: (laughs) yeah um my last thought too was that sentiment as well of just just doing it anyway right she talks about the Nike tagline just do it um, it, what made me think about like just doing it and just like moving forward it, like no hesitation is my dad's decision to run a bunch of marathons one year and like get a Guinness world record, like two of them. And he ran them barefoot. And when I talked to him about it, like he didn't necessarily like point me in the direction of like five second rule, but the theme of what he told me about like where his mindset was, of like, I just kept moving. I had no choice but to move and not – I did not overthink it. I just did it. I had a goal in mind. I knew what I had to do to to accomplish that goal, and that's how I met the goal. And those two – I mean, he has two Guinness World Records for barefoot marathons. One of them is like most barefoot marathons run in a calendar year. I think he still holds it. And then um, most barefoot marathons run consecutively. In like a calendar year, so he ran like eleven marathons back to back, so like eleven marathons in eleven days, and I think like a hundred and ten marathons or something like that in a year.
0: Your dad has the best icebreaker. I know, but any like networking. fun fact: two truths and a lie, baby. <laughs> I
1: actually used that as a two truths and a lie, but obviously, like I said, my dad. Da, 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 da. So he's my icebreaker. He's my like fun fact. Um, but yeah, he just no hesitation, just did it every single time, and that's how he accomplished it. Uh, so that was the big thing for me. It's like, wow, I, I, I do hesitate, don't I? I? I I do focus too much on those pro pro <laughs> Yeah, I.
0: I'm like you, so don't I don't think you're alone. I know you're not alone, in fact, (laughs) in in being a hesitator. I think we all have our areas that we hesitate in. And yeah, I just feel really energized by this book to I don't know, just that idea that you can change your life in five seconds. I love I love the idea of a little immediate gratification. You know, I don't wanna wait six months for the results of my savings account to build or whatever. (laughs) Just like give me like a small win right now. (laughs) It's so simple
1: and like we can do it right now. You know what I mean? No hesitation.
0: Yeah. So we'll link um, obviously the book in the show notes, but we'll probably also put some of Mel's social handles if you want to mm-hmm. get a taste for her energy and her vibe before diving into the book. I, I think you guys will really like it that that's how we discovered her first, just on social. And maybe maybe you'll find the five-second rule can be beneficial in your life too.
1: Um, she also has a second book. Um, I forgot what it's called, but I know that she's a multi-book author. That's fun, too.
0: Look at that. <laughs> no. Goals on goals. <laughs> um, what's your gold star this week? So this is where I went above and beyond. I have two gold stars this week. Mm. Um, My first gold star goes out to just as a collective whole delivery drivers. I think – I mentioned this briefly. I'm moving into a new apartment. And so that involves a lot of shipping furniture and items and like getting my place and life set up. And being in New York City, I don't have a car. A lot of these packages are heavy. I can't always like go on the subway to everything. And I just really appreciate all of the drivers from the online retail companies, UPS, USPS, FedEx, wherever you work. You're such an essential worker and it's made it so much easier to just have things sent to my place and then I can take it from there. So first of all, huge shout out to Delivery Drivers. Love the work that you do um, and just want to say a huge thank you. And my second gold star is the Quick Brain Code Quiz. Mm. So I was listening to a podcast um, on the Ed Milet Show and he was interviewing Jim Quick. He's this brain expert on, you know, how the brain works and how we like different like ways that we can optimize our individual strengths. And he's developed this super short quiz, and I love a personality assessment and quiz. It's called the Code Quiz C O D E. Um, I'll drop the link in the show notes. You can do this in like three minutes. It's a quick quiz. Um, that tells you, it categorizes you into one of four animals, C-O-D-E, cheetah, owl, dolphin, or elephant. And which animal you're categorized as, it gives you a bunch of strengths and like the traits that you are. Like, are you more empathetic leaning and your strengths are team building and collaboration? Are you the creative visionary? Are you like the analytical Um, research data, logistical person? Are you the leader, take action type? And in this like really quick quiz and categorization, it gives you information on how to work with different people who have different styles as you. It gives you more insight into yourself. And I just love learning more things about myself and understanding, you know, where, where my strengths are, where my areas my opportunities for growth um, and improvement are. And it's cool because like your animal can tell you stuff, not just about how you show up in the workplace, but like in your interpersonal relationships and in other areas of your life. So if you're into it, the link's in there. I'm a cheetah, and I'm really curious to know (laughs) what your animal is. Mm. If you decide to take it, I want to know what mine is. (laughs) I want to know what yours is too. I I have an idea of what you might be, but I'm I'm
1: curious. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Okay, I'll have to take it to see if you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Um. This week, my gold star goes to Delta. I know we're like hashtag Delta loyal over here, and we love Delta, but. I flew to California for the first week of January to see um some family. And I got upgraded every flight. <laughs> and I'm not just like, I got upgraded comfort plus for my first flight. And then I had like collectively three more flights or three more planes I had to go on. Each one I got upgraded to first class. Renee. This has never happened to me. Ooh. Like this often in my life. And they're like domestic flights. So they're not like, you know, wild first class seats, but they're still first class seats. And one of them I even got like a full-on meal. <laughs> and I was like, and I was so shocked, I even texted her in. I was like, wait, did does this mean I'm upgraded? Like I was questioning it. I was like, is this real? Is this first class? Is that what it says? Um, and I don't know if it's I mean I I guess my status might have like may have changed from the previous year so maybe I'm like more I'm like opted in to like get those upgrades but maybe the flights weren't just like busy cuz it was the beginning of the year I don't know what it was but Delta upgraded me for all my flights and I so appreciate that as usually I'm in basic economy <laughs>
0: What an auspicious start to the year I know. for you. I also, now that you mention it, that's crazy that you got it for all of them. I got an upgrade as well to first class when I was like coming up here in the new year. and It actually worked out perfectly because it gave me an extra bag so I could like check oh, more stuff. Nice. Like it made my move a little bit easier to like have yeah. that extra 70 pounds of luggage <laughs> to work with. I in the 70 um, pound. Chronic overthinker, overpacker. I used every bit of those seventy pounds. (laughs) I know the man was like, "Like, do you have bodies in here? Like, what's going on?"
1: (laughs) Part of me was like, "I,
0: even though I have the like
1: free checked bags because I got like the you know Delta card. uh, If you want my referral link, I'll send it to you." Um, I like rarely use it as much because I just typically travel with my check-in luggage um like our we have this we have the same away luggage that like bigger carry on one and part of me is like you know what like i've got the delta card like just just bring a luggage just in case
0: oh check it i like check it in i'm team checked luggage i tried to like masquerade as a carry on only girl and that's really just not me like i need to have my full <laughs> beauty routine like all my creams and serums with me I want to have outfit options. Like, why are we trying to force it into this, like, <laughs> Tetris cube? <laughs> like, if I put the shoe and the spray inside here. Like, we can't deal with that. And it's, like,
1: so heavy. So heavy to, like, lift. Um, And also, like, shout out to the people on the planes who, like, help carry your luggage from the – what are they called? The – not cabinet. I can't talk. Oh, like the overhead cabinet? Yeah, cabins. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, shout out to those people because thank you so much. Like, it's not like a weight thing. Like, I can carry the bag. Um, it's just the height thing that gets me every time. So. Oh, yeah. I just so appreciate really it when, like, shorting. someone does it for me. But anyway, yeah. Thank you, Delta. I appreciate it. I may not have access to the Sky Lounges anymore mark with the card I have, um, but I appreciate the upgrades.
0: <laughs> Shout out Delta.
1: <laughs> um, what about your manifestation this
0: week? So my manifestation this week. And I had like a moment of panic two seconds ago where I was like, have I already said this? But it's okay. If I have, maybe I'm just – I really want to manifest today.
1: I mean, we're like 30-some
0: episodes in. There's bound to eventually be some duplicates, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. But if I haven't said it already, <laughs> my manifestation this week is don't be afraid to be seen trying. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I think I've been seeing a lot of – like that a lot. Like, TikToks and reels about this of – a lot of the reasons we hold ourselves back with anything is that we want to, you know, have it look polished mm. before we put it out in the world. Like, I don't want to give you my sloppy first manuscript. I want to give you a best selling book. I don't want to show my awkward, um, like videos and photo poses. I want to look like I've been influencing for 10 years or you know whatever it is you want to do that just puts yourself out there, but it's okay to start at the ground floor. That's where everyone begins and don't be afraid to be seen just trying and, you know, slowly getting better. I think that's how you start. So, that's my manifestation. I like that a lot. I but people say they don't like a try hard. That's not true. Try. I, I always look like I'm trying. Like try. I'm not cool and effortless. Who is? <laughs> I look
1: like I'm trying. <laughs> Even people who are cool and effortless are not cool and effortless. Or they're not at least effortless. <laughs> like Yeah.
0: There's I mean? effort. And it's okay if you see it, you know? Yeah. Like that's part of the process.
1: Um, okay, my manifestation is from the Aquatar series, and this one's specifically from the second book, A Court of Mist and Fury. Um, and it's, there are good days and hard days for me, even now. Don't let the hard days win. <laughs> I just literally read that like six hours ago. And I have have it on Kindle and so you can see how many people highlight it. And over like 21,000 people highlighted this. And I was like, wait, I love this too. Because it's true, right? I mean, duality. Like it's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies. It might be all mist and fury. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I see what you did there. I liked it. Yeah, I just think like you know the the quote before that was around. There's like a special strength that people have who go through really really shitty and hard times, but still come out willing to trust and willing to be a light for people, and that's because they don't let those hard days win. And I just want to continue to like continue on that path of staying soft and not letting these darker feelings or things like that like overcome me and like overwhelm me. Um so yeah. <laughs> a little uh
0: fantasy fiction
1: manifestation
0: <laughs> for you. I I love that manifestation. I think I think that's such a difficult thing to do, especially if you are someone who's been through a lot of hardship. Mm-hmm. But I do I find that sort of thing so inspirational and just so great to see that if you are going through tough times, try not to let the hard days or the dark days win because you are you're inspiring so many people. Um and you're probably making your life a little easier by by managing that load yeah. a little differently. I
1: like how they described it – you know what? I'll just say the quote as a spe- as a special strength. She says, a special strength in enduring such dark trials and hardships and still remaining warm and kind, still willing to trust and
0: reach out. Um, yeah. That's great. A little teaser for those of you who aren't in the yeah, Sarah J. Mass fantasy world. That didn't give anything away. her books are great I'm on the second one
1: I'm probably gonna finish the whole series in the next month or two and now Renee wants to reread the series (laughs) so yeah
0: you're you're getting me like excited to like revisit it
1: (laughs) (laughs) we like talked like for almost an hour about these books before we hopped on so if that gives you any indication of how amazing these books
0: are that should be it we'll we'll link it in the show notes (laughs) join our cult (laughs)
1: Join our cult. And if you want to hear us talk more about fiction, fantasy books, let us know. Maybe we'll start a Patreon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally off-brand for the podcast, but on-brand for like for everything else we do. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, well, thanks for listening in and joining our first – wow, my brain just blanked out. <laughs> first book club episode of the year. Um, whether you're a longtime listener or new to the co-piloting family, we're happy to have you and we hope that you have a really amazing 2024. I feel it. I feel it in my fingers. I feel, I feel it my in my bones. toes. Bones or toes? I think it's
1: toes. Some, you're feeling it all over feeling somewhere. It. It's got to be toes <laughs> if he says fingers. we'll fact check we'll fact fact check check, so
0: (laughs) feel it somewhere guys (laughs) feel it feel it where it feels good um (laughs) on that note (laughs) bye bye (laughs) until next time yeah (laughs)